Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's been 600-plus days since Putin's thugs invaded Ukraine, February 22nd, 2022. And since that time, the Ukrainian people have been fighting, their military has been fighting, punching way above their weight. And they have handed a bloody nose, at the very least, to the Russians. We were so confident they thought it was all to be over in three days. We will uh, wander in, we'll march in, and we'll march right into Kiev, and we'll own the place in two or three days. Didn't happen. They got pushed back, and they got hurt badly. But now the question is, will Ukraine continue to be the focus of the world, or will it slide off the radar? Has that already begun? because of the Middle East crisis, and perhaps even before the Middle East crisis. So let's talk about that with our good friend, Ambassador Oleksandr Sherba. He joins us from Kiev. He's a former Ukraine ambassador to Austria and a Ukraine ambassador at large following Russia's 2014 invasion of Ukraine and annexation of Crimea. The ambassador's book is Ukraine versus Darkness, Undiplomatic Thoughts, well, Alexander, thank you uh, for taking the time. Uh, are you concerned that uh, Ukraine's war with Russia may be sliding somewhat off the radar given the crisis in the Middle East? Hello, Roy. Uh, well, maybe in the beginning, I was asking, we were asking ourselves uh, whether it would be the case. But right now, it looks like. Uh, uh, there is this understanding in the world that um, it's just not it's not just Hamas versus uh, Israel just a part of something bigger and uh, and Ukraine, the Russia versus Ukraine aggression is also a part of this aggression and it's unfreedom versus freedom uh, it's um, basically uh, you know this genocidal forces being on the march uh, in Ukraine in Israel and uh, the free world uh, has to react to that. And this is how uh, how we see the President Biden's uh, proposal and suggestion to um, uh, get through the Congress uh, the help for Ukraine and the help for Israel as one omnibus bill. And I think it would be the right thing to do. And I hope this is how the world uh, sees our war, uh, just the first wake-up call, Israel is the second wake-up call, and now I hope the world is uh, is awake uh, to this, you know, onslaught uh, against freedom worldwide. Yeah, Dr. Luprecht, who uh, I respect tremendously, and he's been a guest on this program many times over the years, and is one of the true international security experts and a, a professor at both the Royal Military College and Queen's University and the NATO College in Rome. He said this is one of the most dangerous times in contemporary history in the world. And, and we can't just sit at home with our remote controls and say, well, let's watch this football game. Let's watch that hockey game. We have to be aware of what is going on. And we have to be invested individually in our families. And, and our entire country has to be invested. And, and that's something that uh, the Canadians have to take to heart. Uh, Alexander, what's the state of the war now? How is Ukraine progressing against Russia? How would you describe the situation today? 
well, uh, obviously we have had expected uh, uh, bigger results from the uh, counteroffensive uh, of Ukraine in the south, uh, but the counteroffensive isn't over yet, and uh, there are these voices in Ukraine, and we give credibility to them, who are saying, wait up for October, wait up for November. There will be new developments, and we are hopeful, and we are very faithful. Uh, we, we keep the faith in our, uh, you know, uh, Ukrainian armed forces. We know that uh, the people, uh, the spirit in Ukraine is very strong, and the spirit in the army is very strong. Nobody wants to make any kind of deals with this, you know, monster in the Kremlin. Plus, we understand that the monster in the Kremlin doesn't want to make deals with us. Uh, he wants uh, it all, and he wants it now. So there is no, uh, no way uh, back for us, and there is no way back for 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 him. So it's it will be it will be a war during this winter. It will be uh, um, perhaps the most difficult winter uh, in Ukraine's history because uh, we see that um, uh, Putin is hoarding up the uh, missiles um, since two or three months. He's not uh, using any, you know, these high precision missiles against Kiev for a couple of months already. So we understand that he is uh, amassing, um, you know, this uh, certain, uh, you know, missile power. We see that uh, missile carriers are being brought closer to Ukraine. So we understand that in the coming months it will be uh, uh, he will try again to basically freeze us to death in ukraine but uh, the spirit of in this country is very strong and thank god that we have uh, supports uh, of the democratic world when I, I just today i saw the numbers about canada 78% of canadians are in favor of supporting Ukraine in this war, and we are immensely thankful for that. And this gives us hope that in the end, it will be a long war, but in the end, we will win. So clearly, you believe that it that it is still winnable. And and so what what now, though, because he is just Putin being he, Putin has just met with President Xi in China, and they're now best friends, it appears. I'm sure the President Xi is... Uh, the dominant one in that particular relationship, and Putin wants to access and source weaponry and uh, and 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 physical and and material support from China. How much of a concern is that that China is now cozying up to Putin and Putin's trying to destroy you? Well, quite frankly, I'm not giving up on the Chinese wisdom, on the wisdom of uh, of that country, because uh, just to get invested into a loser like Putin, and we have seen him, he's a loser. He is uh, uh, not a smart man who couldn't basically measure up uh, his closest neighbor, who he couldn't understand what this war would bring. So just... Uh, uh, investing into this uh, friendship uh, to the extent that uh, would basically um, put at risk the whole of Chinese economy, um, I think it would be unwise. And uh, I think, I hope, I still hope that uh, China wouldn't do a step like that. And we see that um, 
China is still being uh, much more cautious about this war than, for instance, Iran or North Korea. So, um, yes, uh, we are concerned in Ukraine, but we still haven't given up uh, hope in uh, China being um, more, you know, rational country than this insane man in the Kremlin. What's life like in uh, some of the Ukrainian cities that have been hit hardest? And I, I was saying from the very beginning, if we look in our Canadian cities, we look down the street, and we see how our streets are very nice. We have stores, and we have movie theaters, and we have options. There's kids playing baseball, kids playing hockey, depending on the time of year. And that's what you had in Ukraine until Putin invaded. And now we've seen video and we've seen photographs of your cities. I don't know how many Canadians have been steadfastly staying in touch with what the realities on the ground are in Ukraine. But talk to us, please, about how much damage this guy has done to the livable infrastructure of Ukrainian cities and the people of Ukraine as you head toward but it's always going to be a long and very cold winter. What's he done to your infrastructure? Well, it depends on the city, of course. Uh, Kiev is, thank God, to thank for American patriots and uh, German Irish tea systems is more or less protected. And Jim knows that. So for a couple of uh, weeks, uh, we haven't been hit hard uh, by the missiles from Russia. But there are cities like Zaporizhia where uh, it's almost on a daily basis that uh, uh, people get killed and uh, there are these, so all of a sudden you go on the street and you do your daily business, go to work and all of a sudden there is this explosion and, uh, and people die. Or uh, Kherson, uh, the city that everybody probably in the world saw exactly a year ago when people were embracing and celebrating on the street the return of Ukraine. Now it seems uh, Putin is taking it out on this uh, poor city and uh, hitting it with the aviation bombs uh, every day and every night and people are dying there. Um, so, of course, many people have uh, moved away from that city uh, and the funny thing and the strange thing is that Putin uh, changed this constitution, his constitution, the Russian constitution, um, to make uh, Kherson and Zaporizhia part of uh, the Russian Federation. So he's destroying, he's just raising them to the ground, these cities and these parts of Ukraine, because we disobeyed, we didn't want to be a part of, of that terrible, terrible country. So this is how the life is. In Kyiv, it's more or less uh, quiet right now, but we know that bad times are coming in the coming weeks. Talk to us a bit about uh, victories that you've had. Um, and and, and I, I, I've seen video of uh, massive explosions inside Russia, which uh, the Russians happily point to Ukraine as and say, look, they're attacking us. And, and I hope you are. Yeah, but but you've had some significant victories. You've you've pushed them back and pushed them back, so you're not without bloodying the noses and still bloodying the noses of the Russians. 
Well, uh, we have our hands bound because we promised to our Western partners that we wouldn't use uh, the Western weapons against Russia. But we are uh, fully free in using the Western weapons, for instance, on Crimea, uh, which is the occupied part of Ukraine, on uh, Donetsk and Luhansk Oblast, which are uh, full of uh, Russian occupying forces as well. And we have Thank God, right now, more uh, Ukrainian weapons that would be uh, used uh, uh, against uh, the Russian territory, like in Belgorod, like in Kursk, uh, hopefully in Krasnodar. Uh, so we have now more possibilities, really, to strike back. And um, quite frankly, there are rumors here in Kiev that uh, we have the possibility, for instance, to uh, strike um, Russia with Ukrainian weapons to much, much bigger extent uh, than it was the case before. Yeah, because you've already struck uh, on this day. I see yeah. in the video, nobody's jumping up and saying, taking credit for it, but I have no idea what that was. Um, there have been strikes on, on Moscow itself. And the videos have been, uh, they've been very clear, and I'm sure it's really upset <laughs> Mr. Putin and his gang. What about the F-16s? When do you get those? Well, that's a, that's a um, sore spot, quite frankly, because uh, uh, it has been almost uh, two years of this war, and we still don't have uh, F-16s that are sorely... Uh, needed uh, on the front lines right now, and I hope that uh, by the end of the year they will they will make their first appearance on the front line. It hasn't been the, the case yet. I uh, I heard some months ago, and I'm sure this is obviously still the case, and I'm not doubting the story. But every family, virtually every family in Ukraine has been affected by this particular war. And each family has either lost a family member or is missing a family member who has not been accounted for. Each and every family in, the, in Ukraine has been affected by this war as far as losing someone is concerned. Is that true? Uh, well, it's either a member of the family or... Uh, you know a member, you know someone who was uh, who was uh, wounded or uh, died in this war. That's yeah, terrible. that's the case. That's uh, just terrible. Uh, Ukraine is a big country, and uh, uh, it's still. Uh, we think that uh, our losses are much lower than those of Russia. Nevertheless, of course, during this summer and uh, during this uh, autumn times, both we and Russians have been bleeding. We have been bleeding where we were making the, 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 uh, our counteroffensive in the south, and Russia has been bleeding enormously uh, in Ukraine's east, in Avdivka. Nevertheless, they basically are, they are not uh, caring about losing uh, manpower because uh, they're paying richly for it. Uh, we okay. do care about losing our men. 
Uh, okay. Uh, nevertheless, of course, yeah, yeah, uh, it, it has been it has been hurting, and uh, many many good people, the best representatives of the of this nation, Alexander, uh, have died. Thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate the chance to speak with you again. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.